You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson, we're taking you through all the action from Sunday's games. One of those games moved to Monday, Patriots and Chiefs. So we'll get into that a little bit and preview Falcons Packers, which is happening Monday night. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. We had another 500 day with our picks, Matt, and it's, uh, it's an bad. NFL right now in 2020 that most teams can't play defense. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, the off- offensive in- influx of offense is crazy. I absolutely think there's about three major factors, and I haven't seen these penalty numbers for week four yet, but the lack of calling offensive holding is massive, especially in the pass rush. The little bit of a spike in defensive pass interference calls, which some of those can be for big gains. That certainly helps the offense too, but maybe as big, at least as big as those. And again, I haven't seen the numbers for the the penalties up up, up to date, but I really think that being on the road as an offense is not detrimental anymore, where it really used to be, and maybe it was even more than we realized. And we saw it. Let's start with Browns-Cowboys, which was, I believe, one of your picks in our Sunday six-pack this week. And the Browns put up 49 points on the Cowboys, who look like they might have the worst defense in the NFL right now. Luckily for the Cowboys, they can score a lot, but in three out of four games, they still haven't scored enough points. 49-38 Browns in Dallas beating the Cowboys. This is the reason I took Dallas, really, was I thought shootout, take the over. I know the over-under is a huge number, but still I think they're going to blow it out of the water, and that favors the Cowboys to me. I I didn't think the Browns could play that style, and Odell looks awesome. Just got a blurb here, by the way, Nick Chubb to IR, but only out a couple weeks. I had a feeling that could be even longer. So that's good news. uh, they, they, They should be able to withstand that, you know, I mean, with Hunt there. Not the, not the end of the world from what I just saw. I mean, a real quick blurb. And they scored 49 points without asking Mayfield to do too much. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm jumping in the deep end and saying I'm a Browns believer, but that was a very impressive statement win. And to your point, I think Dallas is going to play in these games every week. They already have. You see the 49 points, then you look at Baker Mayfield's stat line, you're like, okay, he must have gone off. 19 of 30, 165 yards and two touchdown passes. So uh, they they were going crazy on the ground. Odell Beckham had the big run, a 50-yarder. Dearness Johnson was getting some work in there. He had 13 carries, actually more carries than Kareem Hunt did in relief. Kareem Hunt looks good out there. And this was that scenario we talked about preseason. It was like, if Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt could be a, a league winner because people forget how good he actually is. And he could be an absolute do-it-all running back. Six and a half yards per carry, a couple touchdowns for Kareem Hunt. Uh, they were just rolling in. The Cowboys can't really stop anybody on the ground or through the air. That's something they're going to have to be. They're going to have to figure out because they're no longer in first place in the NFC East. 
that's the NFC East in general is is nuts. I mean, we'll get to the, the the leader in the clubhouse, but they are the least deserving leader in the clubhouse <laughs> of all time. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. One stat that kind of goes along with what we've been talking about here, and I've been charting rookies all season long, specifically rookie wide receivers. And according to NFL research, C.D. Lamb in this game, who had a nice breakout game, he had probably sure. the easiest touchdown he'll ever have in his career <laughs> right, right. with that one down the seam where the Browns didn't want to play defense on that one. Let's see, what was CeeDee Lamb's final line? Five catches, but two of them for touchdowns and 79 yards. Cooper went off to for 12 catches and 134 yards. But according to NFL research, CeeDee Lamb, the seventh player since the merger to have 50-plus receiving yards in each of his first four games, he joined Jerry Judy this week, who was the sixth player who did it on Thursday night. So we're talking... Only five players since the merger have done this. Two rookie wide receivers are doing it this year, which shows you uh, how quickly some of these rookie wide receivers are getting in there, making an impact, and offenses around the league just throwing the heck out of the ball and putting up a lot of yards and points. The only five other players to do it before Judy and Lamb were Anquan Bolden, Stephon Diggs, Terry Glenn, Andre Johnson, and Terry McLaurin. Pretty good crew. Yeah. I mean, not easy to come in and make an instant impact as a rookie. And maybe overall, we kind of bought too much into... Boy, lack of practice, lack of preseason. These rookies are going to struggle. Don't draft them for fantasy. Um, maybe the, the preseason and the, that acclimation process is a little more overrated than we thought, too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's funny is it's going the opposite direction with defense. And you would think defense would be ahead of yeah. offense in an offseason like this. According to our friend Brad Spielberger, who we've talked to on the show, who was at Over the Cap. Now he's at Pro Football Focus doing a lot of salary cap stuff there. Um this was after week three. Rookies with 50-plus snaps through week three on offense year by year has gone up from 31 in 2016. This is how many uh, rookies have had 50-plus snaps. So 31 rookies had 50 snaps through three weeks in 2016, up to 46 rookies in 2020. And it's sort of climbed every year. And on defense, it's going the opposite direction. It was 51 rookies on defense that played 50 snaps through three weeks in 2016, down to 38 this season. So wow. it's going. those are going in opposite directions, which means is there more scheming on defense to making it more difficult for players to get in there and, and offensive players are more ready coming out of college? It's, uh, that, that is an interesting one to me because it's not just this year. This is an ongoing trend. Wow, that is interesting. It's something I really need to take a step back and think about. But my initial response is it probably isn't true for offensive linemen as much. But wow, mm. the receivers that have come into the league this year, the year before, the year before that, are just demanding playing time. You know, I mean, when you leave DK Metcalf off the field, Debo Sam, you know, like all these right. guys have come in at that position. I think running backs have always been that way, but the receivers have hit the league like a tsunami like never before. Let's go to another rookie, actually. This is a great segue to the Real quick, chart. If you, I'm just looking at something while you're talking oh, there. Yeah. I, have the, I have the ESPN scoreboard up in front of me, and every game except for three of them had a team hit 30 points yesterday. You know, like it's nuts. Did any game not hit the over? I, there was one that I put a wager on that did not actually it was Colts bears. Colts bears. There you go. Yeah. 1911. That looks like the only one. Oh, Rams giants too. was a low scoring one. 17. That, yeah. That was only 27 points or 26 points. Bad I'm bad. guessing those are the only two looking at the scoreboard quickly, not really knowing what the over unders were off the top. of my Right. Head. But but those two and Niners Eagles are the only ones that didn't have a thirty point score or more. Wow, crazy! That is crazy. Um, 
So the Chargers and Bucks, that was a wild one. And it was Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that came back with 24 second half points to beat the Chargers, who were up big early. And speaking of rookies, here's another stat for you. Justin Herbert became the number two player in NFL history for the most passing yards in their first three games. And Joe Burrow had popped up on this list from our friend Kate from the Locked On Dynasty podcast. And I referenced this, I believe it was last week. Joe Burrow, 798 yards, is seventh on this list. Geno Smith is surprisingly on this list, as is Marcus Mariota, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. Number two was Andrew Luck with 846 yards, and Cam Newton with 1,012 yards, most passing yards through through their first three NFL games. And Justin Herbert actually is number two on that list now, besting Andrew Luck behind Cam Newton for the most passing yards in their first three NFL games. So he's not going to go back to the bench. He better not. He certainly looks the part. He's going to stumble here and there, but there's so much ability there. He looks like he belongs. He threw touchdowns to Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, and Donald Parham. (laughs) And one of those was stupidly impressive. The one to Tyron Johnson. Uh, The ball traveled. Actually, I had the next gen stats on that one. The ball traveled 62 yards in the air, and it was an absolute dime. And we've talked about his rocket arm and and Justin Herbert. There was no doubt he had that arm, but it's the accuracy and the anticipation and some of the other things that he's playing with right now that you thought might have taken a while. Maybe he wasn't as raw as we thought coming into the league. Uh, That was one of the best throws I've seen. And actually, it's the second longest air yards completion of the last two seasons, 62 yards in the air. Yeah, super, super impressive. And a couple other notes from that game. I mean, at one point, Tampa went on a 24 to 0 run after the Chargers got up big. Um, Brady threw that pick six, but then I thought he played really well after that. Um, Mike Evans was hurt, came back, gutted it out, had a huge game. And that was without Godwin. OJ Howard got lost for the year in that game, too. So I kind of feel like things are coming together for Tampa. And I feel like the Chargers, we kind of mentioned this in our betting segment, play a lot of close games and usually lose them. And this was one of your wins, right? In our picks. Yeah, by half. By half point, yep. You got that seven and a half, which is all too important because uh, it was a (laughs) seven-point swing there. And, uh, yeah, Tom Brady looked bad in the first half. And it was like, man, the rookie is outplaying the greatest quarterback of all time. And then he came back on fire with five touchdown passes, 369 yards. By the way, Ronald Jones with the hundred yards rushing. Yeah. All right. We've got to uh, move this along quicker. We've only covered two games. There's a million games to get to here. And then we've got to talk a little Falcons Packers as well on Monday night football coming up. Peacock and Williamson. Folks, I want to tell you about DoorDash that I've been using for a long time, honestly. And DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is super easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery, Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in very safe. So right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter our code LOCKEDON, all one word. 
That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter Locked On. Don't forget, that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying something like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Let's finish up talking about some of the games that we had picked here. Uh, your third game was Jaguars plus three over the Bengals. Cincinnati pulled this one out 33-25. Yeah, I think the story here is Joe Mixon. I mean, they I've been pleading for them to use him more in the passing game and to feed him. And some of it, obviously, is that Jags D is in contention for being worse than the league. But Burrow keeps passing every test. You know, this core of... Higgins, Boyd, Burrow, Mixon looks pretty darn good if they can kind of build a line. A.J. Green looks kind of spent, but not a lot of defense in this game. Neither one of these teams are very good defensively. Um, I thought it was great to see D.J. Chark back, though. I mean, Gardner Minshew threw for 351. LaVisca Chenault looks like a winner, too. So both these teams have some pieces in place young to grow around on offense, but not much defense. One thing I worry about, and it's odd because John Ross is the one wide receiver that can't get on the field in Cincinnati, but A.J. Green isn't moving like he used to. Um, I, I, I would like to see him on a contender. T. Higgins is not fast. He's, he's a pretty no, he's sluggish not. guy, but he's such a big target, and, uh, and I think he's going to be fine for them. Tyler Boyd's not known for his speed either. More of a, you know, a big slot type guy is where he's used best. Auden Tate is, I think, ran a 4-9 or something like that coming out of Florida <laughs> State. So, like... There's still a lack of speed, even though they've got a lot of good receivers there. It's just something I noticed watching that game. And, and John Ross doesn't play. Right, exactly. The guy who has <laughs> right. the, the fastest guy in the league doesn't even get on the field. On the other side, DJ right. Chark, though, makes a huge difference for uh, Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, a couple of touchdown receptions. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of night and day with him out there or not. He's a really good player. He actually kind of reminds me a little bit of A.J. Green in that when he came in the league, I thought he was just a – tall, long strider, great 40-yard dash guy, but he does the little things like Green did in his prime more and more. I mean, Chark's got a lot of ability. Absolutely, and uh, and developing too, and, and that's key mm -hmm. because you have to keep getting better, and he's absolutely done that. Uh, and sometimes those raw players with speed develop and turn into something great, and sometimes they are on the bench like John Ross. So <laughs> you yeah. go a lot of different People directions in the NFL. Draft a project, but sometimes right. projects turn into something. Absolutely. So that, that's why you keep swinging at the height, weight, speed stuff. And that's why you do it with quarterbacks. We were talking about it with Justin Herbert. We're seeing more and more guys with just uh, a ton of ability and they're developing right now. Josh Allen, another one. This was my number one pick of the weekend. And I hit on this one with the bills favored by three. They ended up uh, beating 
the Las Vegas Raiders by seven, 30 to 23. And Josh Allen continues to look like he's going to be the real deal and maybe slight regression from some monster numbers the first few weeks. But I don't see a regression anymore. I think this is Josh Allen. I'm starting to believe that, too. And he played quite well yet again. Stefan Diggs is a really good player for them and a huge addition, kind of like that chart conversation we had. I mean, night and day when he's out there. The Bills, surprisingly, don't have a top-tier defense, like about 28 teams in the league can say right now, back to our original <laughs> point. But I'm not very impressed with the Raiders either. Like, Carr was fine. He didn't really have much in terms of receivers. Um, they're not using Jacobs in the passing game quite as bit much. And I didn't think this game was even as close as the score ended up. Yeah, it, w- it was pretty much Bills all the way, even though it looks yeah. like it was within one score, and it was, but it wasn't really close. I, I felt the same way about it. They... They tried to use the formula that worked against the Saints on Monday Night Football, targeting Darren Waller 12 times. He had nine catches for 88 yards, but it just didn't happen. And even when Vegas is healthy, they still are relying on rookie wide receivers. So uh, that's going to be a tough go for them, I think, uh, on that side of the ball this and year. And their D not very good. I love that you mentioned Diggs, too, because he's one of the better deep ball receivers in the NFL, and it goes really well with Josh Allen's arm. And a lot of people thought, well, why would you trade a first-rounder in this draft where there's a bunch of really good receivers and you could have just drafted a, a cheap young fast wide receiver in the first round I actually like this move the more I see it because Stephon Diggs is a perfect fit with Josh Allen in Buffalo right like maybe you could have taken a Justin Jefferson who I think went in that exact spot and plenty of receivers as we mentioned to you know open things up but two things here the Bills have done a tremendous job running back aside everything that they've surrounded Allen with has been veterans you know like they're not making him play with rookies like Denver is, for example, with their young quarterback, like established guys to help the quarterback that have been there, done it. And frankly, and it's showing now, I mean, they're 4-0. They want a guy to win the Super Bowl right now. You know, Diggs is going to give you a better chance to do that than a Jefferson or somebody along those lines. Smart. I'm liking that yeah. blueprint. And the Bills are 4-0. Raiders fall to 2-2. Two and two. The My... defense was built in the draft and the yeah. offense was built in free agency. <laughs> or from out, you know, with veterans. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh Saints beat the uh yeah, Saints beat the Lions 35-29. I was giving up four points in that. It was one of my picks. I went two for three. This was my my second win. And uh Drew Brees and the and the Saints did not look good early. And the Lions went up 14-0 and then could do nothing right the rest of the game. Um, and it's really funny because after the game, I saw a press conference with Matt Patricia of the Lions, and they asked him, what's going on with this team? How come it's taking so long to get things right? And he's like, you know what? There's a lot of things we had to fix when I got here. They were 9-7 and seven the year before he got there, and now they're right. losing more games. 1-3, uh, and three, and the rebuild not going great, um, or retooling, I guess it is, in, in Detroit. I don't even know what you call it, what's going on there. But blowing that lead against the Saints, Saints came roaring back. Drew Brees wasn't really on his back, but... Um, it was just a, a better team beat a worse team. And that's why I bet on the Saints, even though they were missing Thomas and I thought he might be able to go. And then there was the COVID stuff going on. It was just a wild week, but the better team won. And so I, I'm I'm just going to bet on the better team in that scenario against a team like the Lions. That I just, I just can't trust, even though they look good the week before. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, they, Detroit jumped up 14 nothing and couldn't seal the deal. I mean, it's just so fitting and that that team's a disaster right now. Um, the Saint, you mentioned their injuries. I mean, go look at the inactive list for the Saints. It's like Andres P, Jared Cook, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore. Like, it's like an, an all-pro roster on the inactive list for this game. But I, I, 
as many did this off season, I thought the saints and your Niners were the elite teams in the NFC. And I know your Niners lost and we'll get to that, but I feel like both these teams are getting through their rough patch and now have kind of gotten over that hurdle and are ready to show their true colors. And the saints did that as this game went on, breeze played his best game. They actually pushed the ball down the field more than they have in recent games as well. And I thought that was great to see. And now, you know, they're going to get guys coming back. Yeah. It might not be the cakewalk that you would have expected for those two teams, but they'll be in it in the end. And and there's a rough patch here and they're going to get pretty close to healthy and be able to make a run and maybe not be um, fighting for that one seed in the playoffs, but they'll be fighting for playoff seeds for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and the Lions, Lions defense was on the field for almost 37 minutes. Oh, yeah. Come on. That's, bad. Can't do it. And you were winning 14 nothing. And Matt Patricia's the defensive coach, man. They got to figure that out over there. Oh, it's bad. The Cardinals, this was my loss of the week. Uh, I had the cards giving up points against the Panthers, and maybe I overrated what the Cardinals were this season after the first couple of weeks. They've lost two straight now, falling to two and two. Panthers won two straight. Uh, they are now two and two. Maybe Matt Rule's got this thing going in the right direction a lot faster than I expected. 31-21 Carolina over Arizona. Yeah, another one. Carolina's offense was on the field for over 37 minutes in this game, and it's almost like they haven't missed a beat with Christian McCaffrey out. Davis is playing that role, and he's not Christian McCaffrey, but he's quite good and doing exactly, you know, he's he's filling in well as a substitute teacher. Bridgewater made some plays with his legs. Carolina's defense is so young, I thought it would be the by far the worst in the league, but they fly around and they're young yeah. and athletic and you know they look pretty good coming in along Arizona quickly. what's that that defensive line especially coming along yeah. quickly I mean you got Kawan short there but it's the the three first rounders for the last two years that really impressed me and they were in the backfield they were making plays they were jumping on um Kyler Murray who's hard to corral and having a, some length and some athleticism on the edge I think really helps there Brian Burns I think is going to be a star player in this league I love yeah. Uh, his development so far in his career in his second year. Now, Derek Brown was bad to start the year. He was a lot better in this game. You see the development there. Gitor Gross Matos, the second rounder, was out to start the season. He's back. He had a sack. Um, he had another quarterback hit. Uh, he had some good plays uh, corralling um, Kyler Murray when he tried to run. His development has been great. Uh, Jeremy Chin, I like his athleticism on the back end. So it's that development, and it's especially that defensive line, that young D-line who's coming along quickly, which was the thing that I think put him over the top in this game. And, and that's what that Carolina team is going to build around because if that defensive line with all that talent is legit and all those guys hit, uh, they're going to be a, a tough football team. And that's a great way to start when you're building a franchise as the defensive line. Absolutely. And to your point about Arizona, I am a little worried, but I mean, I never thought they were the worst to first type of team anyway, but really a horizontal passing game. Like we saw last year, um, I'm not saying Kyler's struggling, but he's in a little bit of a rough patch right now, and they get nothing out of Kenyon Drake. It's kind of like Hopkins or Bust right now. Let's go to that a little bit of a snoozer game. It's almost like we're complaining about the lack of defense, but then there's the game that's 1911. We're like, well, that game stinks. <laughs> so uh, Colts beat the Bears 1911. Uh, it's the game I watched the least of because I wasn't super intrigued by it, even though there was a lot of wins combined with these teams. The Bears lose their first game 3-1. and Colts improved to 3-1. Colts defense has been ridiculously good and they have not faced a good offense. I mean, I get that, but it's like 
by it's like the Colts and the Steelers and everybody else. And the Colts numbers are noticeably better than Pittsburgh's. They held the Bears to 4.2 yards per play in this game. I think that was the worst yards per play of the day. I and mean, that's really bad. If you're below five, that's pretty bad. Um, and Chicago, I don't know that we don't see Trubisky again soon. He was pretty bad. Foles was pretty bad in this game. I mean, David Montgomery, this kind of is all you need to know. David Montgomery finished the, the game with 27 yards on the ground on 10 carries. And then all the other ball carriers for Chicago had a single yard. So they ended up at 28 yards rushing. They're not going to beat anybody like that. I mean, all their numbers came on the last drive of the game or last, you know, couple minutes garbage time. I had Allen Robinson sitting at three points the whole day, and then he blows up at the end because nobody's covering them against prevent defenses. But yeah. this game wasn't close. That being said, I don't think the Colts offense is very good. I think this game was pretty telling to know exactly who yeah. the Colts are. They're going to have to keep games low scoring, and it's going to be – all about that defense, uh, keeping things close. And Jonathan Taylor is is running into a brick wall as more more than I would have thought. I don't know if it's a lack of vision or if that Colts offensive line, which I thought was going to be one of the best in the league. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that team and find out why. But Jonathan Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor, per carry, and when I and I haven't watched all of his snaps, but um, he's not, not as producing. many big plays, not as much space as I would expect him to be in. A, getting to the second level a little bit more often. And I think the biggest culprit is, of course, he's getting his legs under him as a professional, but I don't think people are afraid of Rivers and these weapons. T.Y. Hilton might be in the on the A.J. Green list of, you know, wearing down very quickly and just about done and no Campbell, no Pittman. Uh, and I don't think Rivers is playing well or and that's not unexpected to me. Yeah. D- defense is walking up against that Colts offense. And yeah. I'm not yeah. worried about what's going on on the back end too much. And I didn't watch all of Nick Foles, 42 pass attempts, but I came away with the snaps I did see during my uh, session on NFL red zone. It looked pretty Mitch Trubisky's the, 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 the right. Bears offense. So maybe he's not the savior after all. Yeah. I, I think we're going to go back. I predicted this. I mean, Everyone's going to think that Foles is the greatest just because he's not Trubisky. And then a couple of games from now, we're going to see Trubisky because their offense is doing nothing. I mean, it's just, I think it'll go back and forth. And maybe it was Matt Nagy and we'll find out Nick Vince Trubisky was supposed to be great when he goes somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. Probably not though. We're not, not holding out hope for that. All right. Uh, let's go rapid fire and finish up okay. the rest of the Sunday games and take a peek at Monday night football coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Big hungry, little bit of time. Built Bar then is for you, and you'll feel good about grabbing a Built Bar as whatever. Morning, midday snack, a meal replacement. If you're looking to stay in shape, you want to feel good about a high-protein, low-sugar protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, go to BuiltBar.com. Get a box with a very special discount. Promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order. Not only is it low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, but high-fiber and even great for a keto diet, peanut butter, my favorite flair, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and five grams of sugar. Uh, if you want to go with the new cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar. Go to builtbar.com, build your own box of built bars or get one of the 18 fantastic flavors that are covered in 100% chocolate and use promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your next order. Promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. 
All right, we've got the Eagles, who are now in first place in the NFC East, and the NFC West is no longer undefeated against the NFC East as the Eagles beat the 49ers 25-20. Eagles at 1-2-1 and are in first place. The 49ers tied for last place at 2-2 two two in the NFC West. I thought Wentz played his heart out and got very little help as usual. Lane Johnson's in and out of this game. The line was bad. His receivers are junk. Every team, including San Francisco, is just going to double Ertz over and over. I mean, it's he's playing with two hands of time behind his back. But it's I wouldn't fret this at all if I'm a Niners fan. It's a desperate team. I think Atlanta might fit that mold tonight where – you don't expect these guys to be 0 and 4, you know, 0 3 and 1. And they get a tight win and when they need it bad. And meanwhile, George Kittle is the best offensive player in the league that's not a quarterback, as I've said for over <laughs> and over. He's so good and so much fun to watch. Oh, man. Yeah. And you see the difference when he wow. jumps into the game and he's the heart and soul of that offense and watching him make plays after the catch. And he's so hard to tackle. And then he's got more speed than people realize. And the only good throw I think Nick Mullins made. On Sunday night was that uh, deep. I think it's forty-three yarder to uh, to George Kittle down the right sideline, beating a safety. So uh, uh, George Kittle is just a, a pleasure to watch with the way he plays, oh, man. physicality, run after catch, and speed. And he can block and he can uh, catch the football. So that's fun. But the rest of that banged up 49ers team didn't look great in that one. Uh, and Carson Wentz finally had the backbreaker throw too. He dropped one in the bucket to a guy named Travis Fulgham. Uh, for some, <laughs> of course, right? You know, so that's how, and it's funny because it was a really good matchup of banged up 49ers secondary and banged up wide receiver group for the Eagles. And I think really where this game was won and lost was the Eagles defensive line, which still has a ton of talent. And uh, they destroyed good. the 49ers yeah. offensive line. And a lot was on Nick Mullins playing bad. He got replaced by CJ Beathard, but the offensive line was not helping Nick Mullins. There was people in his face and he's not good with pressure. And I think that was really the story of the game. Yeah, I totally agree, and obviously you were glued to it, and everyone should check out Locked On Niners to get even more details on it. You're right, that Eagles D-line kind of stole the day, and I thought Wentz played well. The other matchup between NFC West and NFC East got a little chippy as the Rams beat the Giants 17-9. Giants fall to 0-4, and the Rams improved to 3-1, second place in the NFC West. This kind of reminds me of the other NFC West, you know, Seattle, you know, we'll get to didn't blow their opponent out, but a win's a win. They're not all going to get you a lot of style points and, and move you up the college ranks to number one, but a win's a win. The Giants are still a proud team with some talent on offense, but they stopped the run. I mean, that, that's what I think we know about this Giants defense is Lawrence and company clog up the runs pretty well. And if you stop the Rams run game, well, you put a lot on Goff, and I think he's an improved player, but that's not how they're designed. So, tight game. Give the Giants some credit. Yeah, great point. And the, the Giants got to figure out a lot of other things and add some talent to that team. And watching that team lose every week, I don't think they're as bad as the Jets, but I don't know. Actually, it's the quarter poll, so we should probably check in this week with your power rankings. What do you think? I'm looking at them as we speak, okay. so I will send them to you after the Monday nighter or you know thereabouts. All right, cool. So uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we will do Matt Williamson's power rankings after one quarter of the NFL season, and I have a feeling both New York teams are going to be near the bottom of that list. Let's keep this going. We've got the Seahawks. You just mentioned them, and the Miami Dolphins. Seahawks winning 31 23. Seahawks now four and zero in control in the NFC West. The Dolphins hard fought game. Uh, but they're now one and three on the season. Going on the road ain't what it used to be, but you travel from Seattle to Miami. 
and play at 10 a.m. You're on your body clock. Maybe we shouldn't expect them to win by 30. You know what I mean? Right. And and give again, give Miami credit too. Like some of these bad teams, the Miamis, the Carolinas, the you know are playing well and, and they're building something. I mean, that's what I took away from this from a Dolphins perspective is. I would hire Brian Flores in a heartbeat. I mean, I think he's building a tough-minded team, and they have some building blocks in place. It might be Tua sooner than later, fits through a couple picks, as he often does, and it might be about that time pretty soon. But, uh, I mean, a business trip for Seattle. They didn't play their best, but, I mean, again, it's fine. <laughs> you know, a win's a win. Right, and – Piling up some losses, and I don't think it's even about how Fitz is playing, but I think it's just getting to the right point in the season where you're like, okay, look, we've got to go to the young player. And we've seen Burrow, we've seen Justin Herbert, and they're doing fine. So it's not like you're just going to go in the tank just because you're starting your young quarterback and uh, if they found the right guy in Tua. So it's, it's getting close to Tua time, absolutely there. And I'm with you, man. Uh, of all the Belichick disciples, and even not, not even talking about a Belichick tree coach, I'm in with what... Flores has got going on there and I would go as far yeah. as to say you know they add some more things like a, a pass rush is going to be huge for them they absolutely need some more weapons for Tua on offense this team look out for them in 2021 they're not quite ready yet and by the way they have two first round draft picks next year they still have uh, another pick coming from the Houston Texans who is the team who that we should talk about right now who are 0 and 4 and they're bad, and they are not going in the right direction. They lost to the Vikings 31-23. Vikings picking up their first win of the season, 1-3. Texans are 0-4, playing bad football, and don't have any draft picks to help themselves out and get better later. I don't say this a lot because I've been in NFL buildings, and I have the utmost respect for how you know these coaches, and most of those men have forgot more football than I'll ever know. But I just don't see Houston's plan. I mean, it feels like they're just searching, you know, that it could it just be Hopkins being gout? I mean, I thought Watson played pretty well, but there's just not, you know, there's way more questions than answers in Houston right now. Where Minnesota, on the other hand, again, both these teams, we didn't expect them to be 0-4. It's one of those desperate situations. They had the ball for 36 and a half minutes. Dalvin Cook's a monster, and they just keep feeding him, and he's hard to handle. And, you know, Jefferson and Thielen are enough, and they don't ask much of Cousins, and they're able to play their style of game, and they win. You know, where Houston just lets people run all over them and are just trying to figure it out on offense. It's really disjointed. Get right game for the Vikings offense to Dalvin Cook, 130 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Adam Thielen, eight catches, 114 yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson having another good game there. And um, it's funny, I think it was your friend Ross Tucker I saw on Twitter before the game because Bill O'Brien said this week, I'm going to have a bigger hand in the offense now going forward for the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. And they still were only able to put up 23 points uh, on that bad Vikings defense who's right. played really bad this year. And I think it was Ross Tucker who said before the game, he's like, that's a genius move by Bill O'Brien. Rough stretch to start the season, then the schedule gets easier, then start taking credit for what happens on offense with an improvement. But it didn't even happen, so <laughs> that goes out the window. And when it's really down and there's nowhere to go it up and you got a stud quarterback and then people can say, wow, yeah, way to go. You took it over and you made a difference. Last Sunday game, there, Ravens blow out Washington 31-17. And this one went about as we expected. We talked about, yeah, they're going to get a lead and then lean on them and, and that'll be that. And Washington just can't really uh, do much about it because they just don't have enough talent right now. Ravens 3-1, and one, Washington 1-3. One and three. But the thing that I took away from this game was Ron Rivera, and you kind of forget what he's dealing with. 
from a, a health perspective. And right. when he went back to the locker room at halftime. He's leaning on somebody and just like kudos to him for powering through this. I mean, I, I, I don't know how he's persevering through what's going on in his life with everything that's been thrown on him in Washington throughout this offseason going into the season and dealing with health concerns on top of that is like it's wow. So kudos to him for even keeping his team like competitive at all. Afloat. Yeah, right, right. right. I, I, I'm with you. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Terry McLaurin's as good as ever. Dwayne Haskins, I think, saved his job for now. He wasn't great. His stat line was better than, you know, a lot of it was when it didn't matter. But at least he wasn't horrible. I mean, I think it was a, his best game of the year. Very predictable. You know, Baltimore pretty much blew him out from the start. Got Andrews back, or, you know, uh, got Mark Andrews back rolling again. Uh, Marquise Brown got downfield a fair amount. This three-headed backfield makes all of us fantasy owners want to pull our hair out. But <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the, I'm not worried about the Ravens. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up about the uh, the running back situation because I know you love J.K. Dobbins, but uh, I do. He's never going to carry the load as long as Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram are around. And I mean, they just evenly split that one up. Nine carries for Gus, eight for Mark Ingram, five for Dobbins, seven more for Lamar Jackson. Uh, Mark Ingram getting the short touchdown there. Great catch by Mark Adrians on one of those touchdowns, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they just, you know, they just kind of said, cool, we're just going to rotate some backs and, and get out of here with the W. And Lamar overall this year looks really good to me, but... A smidge, smidge, smidge disappointing. You know what I mean? Like, when you come from the bar he set last year in the MVP level, he, I, I wouldn't say he's playing better. I'd say he's playing a little bit worse. And the KC game was an obvious example of that. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, there's still more development to go there for mm-hmm. a young quarterback. And he's so dynamic and so fun to watch. And then maybe some teams throwing some new things at him, so he's going to have to adjust to the adjustments. But uh, I, I don't have any worries about him being able to do that. The talent is just crazy. And he's still a pup as far as his NFL oh, quarterback yeah. development goes, but I think you're right. Yeah, he's definitely not playing better than he was last year, and in a lot of ways, I think playing a little bit worse. But that just goes to show how much better the Ravens could be at three and one when that does happen, if it does. Right, because I think it will. Right. I think he's a superstar. Bill Belichick said everything's good to go. All systems go for the Chiefs and Patriots now. That game has been moved to Monday Night Football. It'll be a four Pacific, seven PM Eastern start, I believe, on CBS. Uh, where it was normally scheduled to play. And then we have our normal Monday night football game that we have not talked about yet. That is the Falcons at 0-3 against the 3-0 and Packers. I think Atlanta keeps us close. And my, my uh, kind of a two-pronged logic is Julio and Ridley are playing. Devontae Adams is not. And I just think one team, kind of like this Eagles conversation with the Niners, you know, that uh, one team, I just don't think they're an 0-4 team, and I know that isn't exactly a scientific way of at it, but I think they play them close, maybe even pull the upset. They are desperate, and it's not like, hey, they're going to try harder than Green Bay, but it is Green Bay's defense elite, and I mean, they'll probably get after Ryan a fair amount, and, and I think Green Bay wins this game, but I think Atlanta's got a lot of fights still left in them. Maybe a little bit of a trap game for the Packers here who are playing right, great, right. but they're not unbeatable. And a Falcons team who has too much talent to be as bad as they are. And maybe a little bit of a game like we saw with the, the Eagles and the 49ers, where the 49ers had some holds coming into the game. And the Eagles were a team that was playing bad, but were better. And maybe the Falcons could be that team that is, you know, found a way to lose. By the way, I think maybe the best tweet of the week to sum this game up was uh, somebody said, it's now officially the fourth quarter of 2020. 
I hope we're playing the Falcons. <laughs> and with yeah, the way this year's gone, yeah. uh, I thought that was a great tweet. That was humorous. And if the Falcons do get a lead, can they hold on to it is my question because there's firepower on offense, and I expect this one to go over. I don't even know what the over is. I think it's over here somewhere. But whatever it is, pound the Big over. Big number probably. Yeah, I mean, we might go, boy, this was a fun duel between Rodgers and Ryan, two great quarterbacks of this generation, and Rodgers eked them out in the last minute. But there was a lot of points, a lot of fireworks. Here it is. Green Bay favored by six and a half. The over-under is 56 and a half. So it's a big over-under. I'm yeah, still going over. over. I'd probably still lean that way. It seems to be the trend around the league nowadays. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I am all in on the Packers. So I'll take the Packers. I think the Packers are going to win this one. Uh, I love the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, no matter who's out there for him uh, at wide receiver. Uh, I have a feeling and it's kind of gone back and forth between the secondary option in that offense after, um, after Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard's, Lazard's had a big game, too, yeah. and Marquez Valdez-Scantling's had a big game, but with Alan Lazard out, MVS is going to go huge tonight. That's my prediction. Okay, okay. I mean, I think Rodgers can raise all ships, but they're a little light at the pass catcher spots. They are. and Aaron Jones is going to go bonkers. So. And you got Julio and Calvin Ridley, so I mean, right. that's that's something to deal with, which is what's frustrating, I'm sure, for Falcons fans when they're like, look, we got Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin Ridley. This team is too good. What the hell is going on here? I'm going to do it. Upset special. All right. Falcons I like it. win this one. Okay, good. I was hoping. More firepower. They need it more. All right. Let's end on that note. We've got an upset special, according to Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL is where you can find him. At BD Peacock is where you're going to find me. We will break down both of these Monday Night Football games tomorrow. We'll have our two-minute warning. We'll have some stock up, stock downs this week. And Matt Williamson's quarter season power rankings coming up this week on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show.